One second. Somebody was walking by. I didn't know if you could hear. Jesus. Jesus Christ, I'm not alone. Somebody's at this wedding. Somebody's watching Mamma Mia with me right now. All right, welcome to Two Guys in a Wedding, a podcast where we prepare ourselves for an upcoming wedding using the only educational material we need, movies. My name is Chris. And this is Josh. Um, I, I like that you previous episodes, I think you said the only educational material that we have, but this is the only educational material that we need. These are movies. This is, this is it. That's baby. true. Books, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I can't remember at all what I said the other times. I, I feel like I say it wrong every time. There's no right way to say it, actually. Exactly. So there you go. This is a podcast, baby. It's not like this is being recorded. It's all just free-flowing. This is good. just me and you. This is me and you <laughs> and an audience of one. And the person out there, you know who you are. You and know I, who I you thank are. You. Yeah. If you could contribute to us on our Patreon, though, that'd be nice. We really need you, buddy. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> we really <laughs> need you, Bill Gates. You are our only listener. And it'd be nice if you threw us a little money. All right, so we watched Mamma Mia! Exclamation point. Not here we go again. Mamma Mia 1. Mamma Mia 1. I don't know if there's a wedding in the second one. I don't think so. Not that I was drawn to see the second one after seeing the first. But. Oh, really? Okay. Given, given up the ghost here. Initial I mean, I didn't like it. Did you like it? I loved it. I no. loved Mamma Mia. No. Yes, I did. Okay. Some general- as a movie or as an experience? Oh, oh, uh, inexplicable. You can't separate the two. No, oh. I separate the two easily. <laughs> So let, let me just say this uh, up front about Mamma Mia. Great film. Um, way too many musical numbers. I know it's a musical. I know that it's, it's only musical numbers. No, yeah, that's the, the thing the, is that like it gets to the third act and then they're like, okay, there's like two more story beats, but we have eight more songs. What are we going to do? Just put them in there anyway. Okay, this is how it went. They were like, look, we have 30 minutes worth of plot. How do we stretch this shit out? Oh, easy. We can use the band ABBA and we can throw all their songs in there and that makes an easy two hours. (laughs) ABBA's songs will pad it out. And then when they were making the movie, they were like, this is great. Let's get a bunch of uh, like A-list actors who can sing and then also Pierce Brosnan. (laughs) Who is trying his best. You know, here's the thing. I think I remembered him being awful. I don't remember him being like, he's not even that bad. Even if it is somebody else totally singing for him. I'm sure there's multiple people singing like multiple voice doubles happening in this movie. It's great. Love them all. Look, I have no idea. I'm not a singer, so I can't really comment on that. It was fine. None of it was so bad that it, like, distracted me from the movie. Some of his facial expressions were really funny while he sang. I took a couple screenshots, and I was like, <laughs> this is beautiful. Uh, but I like him a lot, so I'm, I, you know, I'm pulling from him every time he's in a movie. I didn't really like it because I felt like so many of the songs, they were like, one line in the song is relevant. <laughs> and then we're going to hammer it. We're going to hammer it so hard to fit the shape of the plot that, you know, it just it didn't make sense to me mm-hmm, at all. Mm-hmm. Like the first song where she's reading the diary was the only song that actually what was, what was made that song sense. again? What was the name of that song? What was it like? I don't know. It's like a love song, but it like worked in the sense that it seemed like she was reading the, like the diary about the time. There was fucked. some sexual innuendo in it. I forget what it is. Or was that just the fact that she. Okay, really quick, I, we're going to get into everything, but when she's reading her mother's diary to her friends, she says ellipses are what they did in the olden days. Yeah, <laughs> which is dot, not... What does dot, dot, dot mean? I don't know what those things are. Dot, dot, dot means so many different things. It was never, like, slang for sex, ever. <laughs> ever. I mean, I'm going to be so wrong. Just watch. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, like, slang for sex All in All the boomer listeners out there are going to be, well, actually, in my day, Chris... 
Okay, so let's. I'm gonna just go over like the plot really quickly here because there isn't a lot of plot. It's so important that we get this map roadmap down before we go in. People are gonna be confused. We need to know the timeline <laughs> of Mamma Mia because it is complex. This movie has so much symmetry going on in it. It's it's, it's all about threes. Before we're discussing our ideas, we need to understand the text at hand. Exactly, Chris. Please, right. Please go ahead. All right. So the whole movie is centered around a uh, wedding. This fatherless girl who's she's never known her dad. She's lived with her mom on this Greek island her whole life. She's getting married. You said that like it was she, an insult, like on this fucking Greek island of all this places. This Greek island. Disgusting. No, honestly, the fact that they're on this Greek island, we'll bring this up later. The people on this Greek island, I feel for. The locals, mm-hmm. they don't deserve this. They don't deserve what's going on on this island. <laughs> the shenanigans. They just want to live their lives. Yeah. yeah. She finds her mother's diary from like the summer before her, like basically summer the timeline matches up. Exactly. Oh, she like, this is when she was getting... Uh, this is when she, my mom got pregnant or whatever. Mm-hmm. She had like three romances with these three different dudes. Obviously unprotected sex. I mean, we're talking about the hippie era here. So she had unprotected sex with these three different dudes. They're all possible You say father. that as if they made note of that in the movies. Like, so they had unprotected sex. They continue. They do make note of it in the movie. They don't say unprotected sex. What are you talking about? I mean, obviously it had to have been. It was, a, yeah, it was like a different time or whatever. <laughs> Although it must have been in the 70s. That's a different thing. The timeline only makes sense if it was in like the late 70s. Which also doesn't make sense because she's only 20 and it's the year 2000. So it would have been like, or the year 2008. So it would have been like 1988. But then how old are these people? Don't think about it. Here's my answer. (laughs) Don't think about it. Don't think about it at all. Colin Firth is 11 years younger than Meryl Streep. Continue. Also, on a side note, a lot of age-appropriate couples going off in this movie. Mm-hmm. Kudos to that. You know, what I mean? like job, Pierce Ross and Meryl Streep. I, at least I think they're age-appropriate. They're closer to the age than Colin Firth. According to the timeline, he would have been like 15 years old while she was hanging <laughs> out in Greece. <laughs> fucking these other age-appropriate dudes. He was rocking a full mustache at 15, though. Good for him. Good Jesus. For him. So she decides, after reading her mother's diary from that summer, mm-hmm. who she, she names names, and these are the three potential matches, she tracks them down i guess and sends them invitations to her wedding the invitations barely get there on time i guess from the the, op- <laughs> the movie is like really quick opening the invitations barely get there on time they all come to the island they meet as they're coming to the island they need to get there as soon as possible they're like hitching hitching uh, cab rides that are sc- screeching onto the ports and they're like we need to get on the boat we need to go we need to go yeah, exactly. Call, yeah, Colin Firth and uh, Pierce Brosnan are like, oh, we missed the last ferry. And like, Scars Guard's like, I've got a boat. Hop on with me. We're all going to this wedding. I, I guess. trust you, strangers that I don't know <laughs> in a foreign country. And they all they all meet and they're like hitting it off. That was my first thing to note, by the way, is just that like, these dudes are like really good friends all of a sudden. They're like really get along. Good for them. Uh, and they must have put it together pretty quickly that they've all hooked up with this mom. That's one thing that I, I think we're going to get into that I'm. This the one downside of this near perfect film, Chris, is that the economy of secrets. I don't understand the entire film. Like who, what secret? Because like everybody basically knows that she's invited her fathers, but like not everybody knows everything about that dynamic. You know what I mean? Everyone's keeping secrets from each other to save each other from the secrets. Even though they all, even though they already know the secret. I think this is a rom com trope, which is like if. If they only had a conversation and were upfront about information, the plot wouldn't happen. This is very similar to that, where it's like, if they only talk to each other about this, none of this would happen. Like, all the conflict in this movie really surrounds about keeping secrets. But anyway, let's just go, let's go through the, again, like, there's, uh, we get into our notes, but I'm going to say, like, just all the basic plot points, because there's very few of them. <laughs> they get to this island. They all now know that each other are there. 
but they're keeping secrets from each other. She's like, I don't want you to tell my mom that I invited you guys thinking that you might be my dad. Mm-hmm. Also, mom's like, really quick note. Wait, mm-hmm. um, she invites her bridesmaids and that's the first, I think the first scenes of the movie is her bride, bridesmaids uh, arriving and then they do the diary music number. Uh, yeah. They really, I, this is very important to note because I, I wrote this down in, in bold letters and underscore. In Meryl Streep's diary, she talks about hooking up with each of these uh, men, young men, and mm. she every single time brings them to the island. Like she's like she has, and I wrote this down in bold on the his sirens. Call. She has a fuck island that she brings all these local little boys to 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 hook up with. It's her private own little island. Once you once you uh, get offered a, a tour of the island, you know what's going to go down. Apparently, back then, back in two thousand eight, when this movie takes place, I assume having a fuck island wasn't a wasn't a bad thing it was still an okay thing to have you're allowed to have a fuck island there's no taboo attached to it uh, i mean look she was a uh she was a feisty woman she you know she slept around good for her yeah i mean do you expect anything less from meryl street than having a greek fuck island <laughs> greek fuck so in the sequel that i'm will now watch in my own time because there's no wedding in it i'm looking forward to <laughs> lily james and her fuck island and her fuck island. Yeah, watching the fuck island take place. Exactly. It's oh god. It's such. I mean, I, I, this is a joke, but it's also kind of true. This movie does set up a prequel sequel very well, in that there's a lot of ground to cover. She had a band. She had these ex lovers. She had a mother. She had these experiences during the summer. What happened during that summer? Who knows? Tune in for the sequel. A lot of setup. A lot of setup here. I mean, they honestly could have fit. If you take out the songs, you could fit the first and second movie to, like together. I bet. Like mm-hmm. it would be one. You could fit into one. Like movie. there are moments where th- it would have been like, this is where we do the flashback to what we're talking right. about. But they don't. They don't. So. So her bridesmaids come to the island. Then we see her mom and her two friends. A lot of symmetry going on here, mm-hmm. right? It's uh, two bridesmaids. Mom has two friends. They'll act the same. It's like, oh, she's really the daughter of her mother, huh? Like we can put <laughs> proof right in front of us. Then then there's the three men too, so another pair of threes. So it's three sets of threes right off the bat. Beautiful. I'm not counting the groom and his two friends because the groom barely has a character and his two friends we don't really see. What we know is that like one of his friends who's a bartender like really wants to fuck yeah. the mom's friend. Hell yeah. Like, he's like, I want this woman. Good job, bro. This woman. <laughs> so they all come to the island. It only takes course over like a couple of days here. Uh, they're all hiding each other. It's like, look. You can't tell my mom that I invited you guys because she'll freak out. The mom's like, you guys can't say anything to my daughter because she'll freak out. The groom's like, everyone hide things from me because I guess I'll freak out. <laughs> then they have they have their hen party, which is the bachelorette party. It's an English thing. Mm-hmm. And stag party, which is the bachelor party. You know, English name for it. They have that. The sequence, by the way, takes the, is the longest sequence in the film. <laughs> it takes like 12 minutes of just the bachelorette party. And singing and dancing and the the two men show up. Pierce Brosnan tries to talk to Meryl Streep and the two men get drawn into this crowd of 20-something young women. And they're like dancing on their, ooh, men at the bachelorette party, at the hen party. Oh, a couple of roosters. And then the bachelor party the attendees descend from vines and from the sides of cliffs wearing ritualistic masks to, I mean, ostensibly capture the women of the bachelorette party and at, it's at this time like there yeah it's very creepy it's very ritualistic i'm thinking this is turning into midsummer summer the the film it's like somar somar midsummer 
And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And it's, it looks like it's going to end in some type of like Brave New World-esque orgy. And so many parts of this movie, uh, like I noted this at the very beginning, so many parts of this movie felt like they were set up to a like horror movie. <laughs> like at any moment there could be a turn and, and then it would turn into a horror movie. Like even Meryl Streep, she has like a song number at the beginning of the movie and like the ground cracks in like the like the courtyard what or whatever. Does it mean? Yeah. It, everything feels like oh is this going to be like an environmental horror movie? <laughs> Are there going to be murderers on this island? If you didn't know anything about this and it wasn't a musical, it could easily become a horror movie. I'd like a horror musical as well. Ooh, I think I think it's go. a possibility. I'm top market guys. So there's the bachelorette party, then the next day is the actual wedding. A lot of conflict going on. The bachelorette party the daughter, uh, Amanda Sidfried, she's like, look, I want you to walk me down the aisle to one of the dads who like goes, I think I'm your dad. And then another one goes, I think I'm your dad. And she's like, I walk, you should walk me down the aisle. Nobody else is doing it. She lies a lot for no reason. She, oh, God. Amanda. She does it to the third dad, potential dad here. Then at this point, she gets into like a fight with her mom. There's like a lot of – there's very little that actually happens. And then the actual wedding goes uh, goes down, which is like, again, this is a huge destination wedding. Most of the people that get invited to the wedding, though, are like part of the bride's like party or the groom's, like whatever. It's like the wedding party people and those three husbands. I don't think anybody else really gets invited it's from just the Greek, the, the Greek locals, I think. You know, the people that live on the island that work with Meryl Streep at her hotel. Yeah. Who are tired of their shit. They are tired of these other people, like these non-locals. I guess they're locals now, but yeah. like these non-locals people shit because they every and so many of the numbers are like doing their job, like trying to repair a roof, <laughs> and they're like dancing around. Meryl Streep's like she she owns this hotel on this island, and she's underwater with bills, and the place is like falling apart. But then she has all these musical numbers, and these people are trying to fucking repair this island, <laughs> and she just won't let them. Like her musical numbers get in the way and to cause more har- like harm than good. Do you know how much, how many man hours we wasted on this wedding? Is this going to pay off? Oh, it looks like it doesn't. So now at the actual wedding, they get together. It's like, look, mom, I actually want you to walk me down the aisle. Like, I think that's what I really want. And they walk down. She walks her down the aisle. They go up to the front or whatever. She's like the only family she has. It's like said by the priest or something like that. It's like in your whole family, you know, it's giving you away or whatever. And she goes, you know what? No, her, her dad's actually here too. And uh, Pierce Brosnan, uh, Brosnan stands up and, you know, it, like, whatever. What does he say? Hold on a second here. Oh, no, no. Pierce Brosnan just stands up and goes, hang on. And, like, literally, <laughs> when I was watching, I was like, whoa, Pierce, this is not your day. <laughs> like, this is insane. Like, this, this is a classic moment of, like, when you go to somebody's wedding, there's never a more clear-cut time that you are not the main character in your story. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is the bride in the room. It is their day. They deserve this. This whole blow up with the mom, like making it about herself, and then all the dudes there, like the you know Pierce Brosnan, they are like making it about them or whatever. I, the whole time I was just watching the groom and just seeing his like tired ass face, like rolling his eyes, like fucking like this is my wedding. Like no one gives a shit about me. <laughs> like he had he had one musical number. What are you talking about? His one musical number in the middle of the movie. I'd forgotten he had been in there the entire up to that point. It's like a non-character, really. Yeah. All we know about him is that, like, he loves her to death, and uh, when they started dating, he became insanely jealous. They wanted to travel at some point, then they didn't, and he's also yeah. Howard Stark. Yeah, he put his life on the line for the person he's going to marry. Or life on the line. I mean, he put his <laughs> life on hold. He, he took he put a loaded gun to his head for his wife. They're both 20-somethings. At the very least, she is 20. She's very young. 20, yeah. Why are you getting married so young, Amanda Seyfried? Why? I know that was another thing where it's like she see she's such a kid. The, char- the characters, old. to their credit, do say that like she's only twenty. Although she never really puts those dots together. 
Um, right, right. She goes, this is the person I love to death. And it's like, okay, that's cool, but maybe wait a few years. Yeah. Anyway, it does, it's irrelevant, though, because all the dads stand up and they say, you know what? I don't even care if I'm her actual dad. We could test this, but I don't think we should. I'm happy being one-third of her dad. And then all the dad, like each dad stands up and goes, I'm happy being one-third as well. And they all come and stand behind her as she gets married and you know give her away. It's a be- beautiful moment. But then she decides not to get married. She says, you know what? You know what? I love you and I want to be with you, but this is crazy. Why are we getting married? That's- Which, if I'm a wedding guest, I don't think I'd even be pissed. I'd be like, this is fucking nuts. <laughs> this wedding is This is way off the apart. rails. This went off the rails long ago. Were you at the Bachelor oh, Bachelorette midsummer party last night? Things have gone Did crazy you see what happened? here. These 20-somethings undressed a couple of 40-year-old men. <laughs> and, and you know what? I would be like, this is the most interesting wedding I've been to. It is nuts. Like, she didn't know her dad. Now she's got three dads here. And now she's not crazy. even getting married. You know what? Worth the, the ticket admission. I'm, I'm Did you see that older out. woman seduce that young man and, like, <laughs> dropped her knees and put a diaper on him earlier in the movie. <laughs> this is nuts. This wedding is nuts. Crazy. This is crazy. So they decide not to get married. Then Pierce Brosnan drops to one knee and says, will you marry me, Meryl Streep? And so there is a wedding. It was a surprise wedding in this movie. Would we, able, would we be able to count this movie if there was an actual wedding? Like if it didn't actually go down? Mm, I mean, there's a bachelorette party. There's a bachelor party. There's wedding prep. The wedding, the wedding itself is about to happen, and everybody is in place. We can count this, I think. Yeah, we can count it. I mean, a wedding does actually happen. Mm-hmm. I think that if a wedding is imminent, like that's a wedding movie. You know, whether or not it actually happens is secondary. So they get married. They have this beautiful outdoor reception uh, where one of her friends hits on Skarsgård. Because here's the thing: Skarsgård's like, look. Colin Firth, he comes out and says, you were the last woman I ever loved because I actually love men. Yes. Uh, they don't actually love. say it to their discredit. I will say, you cowards. What is this, 2008? He, he, they yeah, it is, yeah, 2008. They imply that, like, now, I mean, you're the last woman I ever loved. And then everybody goes, <gasps> and then, like, he looks at a guy who smiles at him. They don't they make kissy faces. They just smile yeah. at each other. I'm like, come on, One guys. of the old dudes literally goes, mama mia. He's like, <laughs> you're Greek. No, he, you're no. Greek. He doesn't. Go, he he does the the little Christian cross thing. He doesn't go, Mama me, Santa Maria, Santa Maria. He drops to his knees, praying, <laughs> starts crying. And God comes down and smites Gomer. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is 2008. He Shut was just looking up. at him. Um, yeah, yeah, Colin Firth is uh, is into a Greek guy, which they don't even set up. It's revealed that he has this Greek guy that he likes on the island, literally right then and there. Right, he met he met him at the the hen party. I, I didn't like they go do? back. And, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you see it. That's what he says. He met him last night. Because uh, remember, he has a conversation on the boat with Stella and Skarsgård or whatever about like, look, I discovered this thing about me and I met this person. Yeah, but I think didn't he mean Chloe at the time or Sophia or yeah? Well, it's ambiguous. And Stella and Skarsgård says, "Congratulations, you should come out." Like he impl- he because, thinks he's yeah, implying because that that's he's met the a man. joke. That's the joke at the time. Because that's a joke, but I guess he was reading the situation correctly. Whoa, wow, there you go. Yeah. So he meets that guy. So Colin Firth's off the table. Still in Skarsgård. He's a, he's a lone wolf. He's not going to settle down. Mm-hmm. So Pierce Brosnan is he's they set it up too that Pierce Brosnan is the main love interest of uh, Meryl Streep. So whatever. Like they end up getting married. May, wedding does happen. Surprise wedding. Our first surprise wedding. This podcast, which I don't know how many there's going to be, but <laughs> there you go. I didn't expect this wedding to happen. 
So yeah, there's a reception at the reception. One of Meryl Streep's friends hits on Selene Skarsgård. It's just like, okay, every, everyone's getting laid. Which leads me to my next oh, big yeah. point about this movie and maybe weddings in general. I'm not really... I, the weddings I've been to have not been that horny, but this movie is horny. <laughs> like everybody in this movie is just like so sexual They're and horned Greece. up constantly. Everybody's in bathing suits. Everybody's perfectly tanned. There's sparkly blue water in every the background of every single shot. You know, the mood is right. Well, the young people, you don't really see. We see a couple of young people specifically be all horned up, but they're horned up for the older people. That's right. Again, the groom's friend, who's like the bartender, he really wants the mom's friend, who's got to be three times his age mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. that point. She, He really wants her. Like He cannot have it. And it's Very hilarious because he's surrounded by gorgeous 20-somethings yeah. like all around him. They ain't going to do it. They ain't going to do it. He like literally yeah. emerges from the middle of the ocean to surprise her. He's like, I'm back. And then he climbs under her boat. I think they did hook up or something because she did She did imply, like, last night never happened. So something they must don't. have happened between them. It's a magical. Well, they've confirmed in this movie, in the lore of this movie, Chris, that this is like the place, this is the site of Aphrodite's fountain. Yes. And they confirm it at the very end, too, in a hilarious way because the ground that cracked open, it cracks more as they're all dancing on it during the reception. And a, a spring or something pops up and water shoots out of the ground. And for whatever reason, in slow mo, Meryl Streep goes, It's Aphrodite. <laughs> <laughs> and then they all die as the island sinks into Hades. Uh, yeah, I mean, something magical or mystical is going on because they all start taking off their clothes and making out. And I can yes. only assume it devolves into a sex orgy in Aphrodite's fountain. It has which, to. Again, is only good for like, this movie. Yeah. Good for these old people. Good for know? all of them. Good for us. I'm going to say something here because I actually think it's a, le- a legitimately good movie despite being too long. It's too long for me. Too long. Um, this is the most energetic performance I've ever seen Meryl Streep give. <laughs> Period. She's like a little kid. Honestly, she she yeah. seems like she's at her daughter's age. She's like jumping on the bed and dancing around and she's these crushes that she can't get very, over. Very, like, very charismatic. Good job, Meryl Streep. Very charismatic. But again, the plot is pretty simple. She invites these three dudes she thinks are her dad. They come to this wedding. No oh, hell yeah. Minor conflict with her with her husband to be. They end up not getting married. All the dads decide they're good being like three dads to one girl which by the way there's a couple of montages in the movie where she's getting to know all of them they like go on a boat right around the island the dudes all have good chemistry with each other and her i'm like look maybe there should be a movie where it's you three raising her like i'd be down with this pair of like these this set of dudes raising a child 21st century baby um spoilers for mama mia part two guys all right if if, if you're listening to this and you're like oh i can't wait to watch mama mia part two spoilers for mama mia part two meryl streep is dead for most of that movie Oh shit! She, yeah, she is mostly not in it. The three dads are, so I'm sure that that uh, chemistry comes back. Uh, she does Good. come back as a force ghost at the very end of the movie, though, to to sing with her daughter as she like I think is baptizing her daughter. So, correct me if I'm wrong too, but in the director's cut, Hayden Christensen's also with her. He's like standing off off to the side, just in his robe, yeah. not nodding his head to Abba. He's not dancing, but yes, right course not but he's smiling he's happy that that it happened he's there i think one of the reasons i don't think this is a good movie mm-hmm. and You're aside wrong, from again continue. like fully it's like full of cliches and stuff i think because i don't think the songs i mean i don't really know i know abba obviously i know like their hits which is every single song they've ever produced <laughs> apparently oh yeah baby but i don't think the songs work in this movie they're expressing themselves through these songs but the songs don't really match what's happening 
or like one line matches yes. what's happening and the rest of them it doesn't work at all and, I, and i'm like well what, what like you're expressing yourself in like really thick metaphor apparently <laughs> like that's what the only explanation is this is insanely thick metaphor like the winner takes it all is a weird song to sing at that moment because it's really about like a divorce Yes. According to like I think Abba, right? Mm-hmm. It's about a couple getting divorced. It's like well, what, the winner takes it all. We're rekindling our romance the right winner, now. The hell are you, wait, who's the taking it all? it all? When were they singing that? They were, they were singing that at like the bottom of the of the mountain or something, right? Before the wedding, when Pierce Brosnan confronts Meryl Streep. You see, I um, interpreted that a little bit differently. I think she was talking about like her getting her heart broken because of him. So he took it all because he's the winner. He's the winner who takes it all, and so she's been sad about this the whole time. Later, it's revealed that that's not even true. But, she, like, moved on immediately. No, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah. She was like, I, I loved you, and you left me. But then you came back a day later, and I was already with this other dude who I also really love. <laughs> like, it, it, it paints her as, like, really shallow almost. Well. Because it's yeah. like, you fell immediately in love with a dude a day later? Like, how deep was your love I with Bruce I don't know that, they spe- that she specifically said that she loved the other two dudes. No, but here's a, she wrote about it in her diary detailed and with enough passion that her daughter thought all three of these dudes could have been my dad. That's a reasonable assumption to take. That's true. But, you know, yeah, it could have so just been There flings. was something there. Yeah. There was something there. But, again, it's just like a weird song to sing. It almost makes all the characters seem really emotionally unstable. Oh, yes. Because they, oh, yes. like, constantly. That's what the songs really do, because it's like, what, what are you singing about right now? Because you're singing The Winner Takes It All. I'm just saying I'm in love with you and I'm back. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's weird that you're throwing this at me. Uh, again, uh, tweet at us, correct us if you have a different reading of all mm-hmm. this shit. We'd love sure. to hear your interpretations of Mamma Mia. So I have a few questions that came up while watching this movie. Wedding-related questions here. Yes, I'd be happy to answer them. Oh, this is like a two-day affair, right? So this is like a really prototypical wedding movie. It only takes place about the wedding. It's only over a couple of days. First thing here. Bachelor party, bachelorette party, the night before your wedding terrible idea right i've only ever seen that in movies where it, act, where only it literally movies. happens the night before who would do that like that's that, if someone asked me hey look we're gonna do our bachelorette party like for this upcoming wedding if they were like the bachelorette parties the night before i'd be like that's crazy people will die we don't want, we won't have time to bury the bodies best case scenario we're all hung over and tired okay if it was a good bachelor party we're all hung over and tired worst case scenario someone's missing in las vegas <laughs> If movies the groom is anything. missing. Yes. Yeah. Somebody got hurt. Somebody's dead. Like worst case, it could only be bad news for the next day. It could only damage the wedding. There's no good outcome from having it. Because again, either we're all tired and out of it, or some serious shit went down and someone's been stabbed. <laughs> if it, if it's a good bachelor party. If it's a good one, yes. Uh, someone uh, only one stabbing. There's a bachelor party is considered a dull affair. Yeah. Like one of our friends is like face down in the dirt. You know, ass out. He's dead. And we have to find the murderer. And we have 10 hours. I think we know exactly who we're talking about, but we will not name him. We're not going to name <laughs> names, but we know who we're talking about. We know who you are. Face down, ass out. This has happened to you before. That's a clue. <laughs> so that's that's my first one. I'm glad we're on the same page about that. We're not on the same page about Mamma Mia, but we're on the same page. Bad idea. No bachelorette party or bachelor party the night before. Yeah. Terrible idea. Don't do it. I, I, I do admire the the excitement of it i do admire the devil may care idea of it i i I do it once not at my own wedding but i'll do it at somebody's wedding once i'm glad it's not mine sure i will do it at somebody else's wedding if they're like we're having the bachelor party the night before but if you're out there don't do that it's a terrible (laughs) idea but i will be at that party there was a big wedding day surprise that was the plan right 
the initial idea was I'm going to surprise my mom with these three men on my wedding day. And then she'll tell me which one is my dad. No, no, no. She would know which one is her dad is the thing. Well, she thought she would know when she saw the three men. Yes. Cause she would be like, I'll see. I'll but just we, she know. Knows she, I'll just know. Yeah. Which is dumb. <laughs> like, no, you wouldn't. You haven't, met, you haven't seen this guy in 20 years. There's no way. You haven't seen this guy at all, actually. So there's no way you would know mm-hmm. unless you looked like exactly, exactly like, like him. him. But the casting director for this movie very cleverly cast three white guys. <laughs> so we uh, know. You got me. You got me. Yeah, we're like, I could be any one of these guys. And two of them are British, too, which I think is like, I mean, a lot of people are British in this movie, but, I, you know, I think it was funny because usually it's going to be like a token British guy who would be like the stiff upper lip, like, oh, my goodness, a Greek island sailing. <laughs> oh, no, uh, absolutely not. But no, they're actually they're they're both kind of down for whatever. Everyone's like all the all the dudes in this movie are very like chill. Yeah, they're chill as they're, fuck. They're dancing everywhere. They're they're doing numbers with bachelorette party bachelor parties, and they're in line dancing. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, I'm glad the movie isn't about these three guys trying to compete for Meryl Streep because that would just be a bore to watch. I feel like. Yeah, they're su- like you said earlier. They're super cool with one another. It's just almost like a given that they're just going to be hanging out with each other. They're just each other's best friends for the weekend. It's great. Yeah. Uh, so big wedding day reveal, also a bad idea. This movie also has another bad idea. The plan was to have this revelation on her wedding day. That could only go wrong. Hey, mom, FYI, I invited these three dudes you hooked up with one summer 20 years ago. Like, was she going to be like, thank you? <laughs> like, I, I made a note in, in the first three minutes of the movie. Amanda Seyfried has no regard for her, the emotional wounds she may be reopening for her mother and her past romantic interest, interests. No regard whatsoever. If every time I asked about my, like, absentee father, my mom said, I don't want to talk about it, it's, it's not important or whatever, I, I can only imagine something horrific happened. Yes. That's the only option. <laughs> Again, this movie in all rom-coms, the lesson you really need to draw is open up communication. Talk to the people around you, for Christ's sake. Definitely. Don't have these secrets where they could easily be chatted about. Like, just talk to If she had just had a conversation with her mom or her mom had with her daughter, stuff would have been sorted. But instead, of course... Ton of conflict. What's a big wedding day surprise that you think would be okay? Because I don't think there is a good wedding day surprise, uh, really. Uh, Je- Jennifer Lopez would disagree with us. There's no good surprises. It should all be planned. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I agree with her. I-, I think that she she has a point there. It is weird to have a big emotional surprise on a wedding day because it can only go wrong. It can only go wrong or give you somebody else attention when it should be yours or something like that. Or it should be the bride or the groom's. Like, for example, I, I I think that's going wrong. Yeah, like an office episode that just came up to my mind is like somebody that's like in a wheelchair is able to walk down the aisle with someone or something like that. Like, oh my gosh, her father could that walk happens in. in the office. Yeah, that happens in the office. It's pretty funny. Okay, that's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah that that's bad because then you, for your wedding, all you remember is like somebody else had a miracle. Yeah, which is not <laughs> like, which makes you see them shitty for complaining about because they were able to walk. A good one though from the office. Is that Michael, spoilers for The Office, I guess. Oh, boy. At Dwight's wedding, Michael shows up to be the best man. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's a good surprise. But again, I feel like that only works because the TV shows know the characters. They Like, the writers wrote them. But I feel like that can only, again, that either is a thing you should bring up before, but it, but it can only go wrong if you just, like do it in the exact moment. Mm-hmm. You know, like any big wedding day surprise, do the surprise a few days before, just in case it could destroy something. <laughs> just in case this is going to radically shape people's emotional state right before they walk down the aisle. Yeah. How how uh, fallible are weddings or like how delicate are they on the day of, you know? 
I don't know. We're, we're going to find out, I'm sure. But this is a good segue here because I wanted to bring up something that I noticed about walking down the aisle. Mm-hmm. This is this movie is they keep on claiming this is like a big, you know, it's a very white short wedding walk, doing. very small chapel that she walks down. Yeah, but the guy brings up the fact that like, look, this is you oh, you really wanted the big white wedding, huh? This doesn't really feel like that. This is akin <laughs> to like like having a wedding on a beach, this feels very casual. Yes. Um, and it's not that big. Howard of a... Stark is wearing like a vanilla ice cream suit. It's like it's yeah. he's wearing like a fucking members only jacket. This is very off the cuff. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And he wanted a really casual wedding where he's like, I just wanted a couple of witnesses in a courthouse. And this feels like a good compromise, honestly, where it's like this isn't a huge wedding, man. There's like, like I don't 50 know if you know people, that. if that less than 50 yeah. people. Yeah. But something that I noticed when she was walking down the aisle, and I don't know if you noticed this either, directly as she comes through the doors to the right, which means she's on the groom's party, like she's on the groom's side of the family, there is a very tall, tan, gorgeous woman who is like, super noticeable in the shot, who is wearing a white dress, which I don't know if you know the rules of weddings. You're not supposed to wear black dresses or white ones. Black because it seems like a funeral, and white dresses because it draws attention away from the bride mm-hmm. so you don't you don't want to do that you don't want to act like it's your day but this woman who again is not on her side so she's part of the the groom's party it seems i don't know there's something weird about this shot like my eyes were drawn to it because she's so big in the frame she's like dead like right up front and i was like what's what's the story with this woman like what is her relationship <laughs> to the groom I'm like uh, if she's family members with the groom i would question that a little bit be like why are you wearing white why did you need to be right there when she came to the door it's like she was sending a message the only the only bad places that she could have been is directly at the back when she, when she first walked through the door or dead front row so she would see her getting married i feel like there's like, there's got to be some deleted scenes that explain this you're right the <laughs> there is a whole director's cut of this movie that dives into the groom and his bachelor party and like the best side of cut. things. Yeah, because he has like his stag party or whatever. All the details we know is that he has a cigar and a cowboy hat. And <laughs> things are gonna go crazy. And masks this and everybody party. can fucking scale walls, apparently. Well, the masks and stuff come later, but before that, the only details we really know, he like grabs a cowboy hat and a cigar and she's like, What's that for? And he's like, My stag party. And I'm like, What you gonna be the stripper at your own stag party? <laughs> like, what are you doing? That's what I thought they were with the boys. Yeah, yeah who, who knows? But I, this woman somehow is connected to the groom, and I don't know how. But there is a there is a connection. It's haunting, and I need to know. Yes, because she's so she's so in frame, and she has this smile on her face. Right, she's happy for the bride. It's very knowing, but you can tell it's bitter, and there's something cynical behind her eyes, where she's not that. Happy I bet for she's the in the bride. sequel. I bet she's in the sequel somehow. I hope she's in the sequel. In fact, I hope she, there's a prequel <laughs> featuring her. She would be one of the killers if this was a horror movie, for sure. Mm-hmm. She'd be a killer. Like, in the know, flashbacks, you see her in the background of all the other sh- scenes, too. Like, oh, man, she's yeah. there for all the moments. So this is a little etiquette for everybody out there. Don't wear white to somebody else's fucking wedding, all right? If it's a formal wedding where you know the gr- bride's going to be wearing white, don't wear white. That's not your fucking job, all right? Sit down. Wear some brown-ass dress and sit down. <laughs> <laughs> this is not your day. Put on a hockey jersey and shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut up. You wear a hockey jersey three sizes too large for you nobody can tell what shape your body is under that it just looks like a, it looks like a tarp all right and you sit down at the back and you don't see a word the whole wedding you don't i don't want to hear a word from you i don't want to hear a word you clap when it's necessary and that's it you smile <laughs> if she looks at you god forbid if i see you not smiling i'm coming back there and i'm gonna start i'm gonna talk so fast in your ear i'm gonna talk so fast and aggressively be like what are you doing that's just my advice for people don't don't <laughs> don't wear white this is this is about the wedding coming up. Okay. What's your what's your prep going to be like 
I'm mostly just singing ABBA's. What I'm, that's <laughs> what I'm just taking. taking well, away. a little singing and dancing before the wedding. Get your energy up, because we see her do her prep. Right, she's like tells her mom, like, "Hey, I need you to help me get ready." Which, like, where are where's her bridesmaids? Like, that's literally part of their job. She said, right? "Like, I want you to help me." I, there was a line saying, "Like, they were gone or they weren't there." Yeah, they were gone. That's what my question is. They were bad friends. They? I don't know. They you know where they were. They were on the beach helping that older woman seduce all the 20-something-year-olds. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, they were doing that dance number, and they made all the 20-something-year-olds faint in the hot sun. They're probably dying right now. Yeah. she She's like, look, just before this wedding, I'm going to horn up all these guys. <laughs> and then have the one of the dumbest lines where she's like, when she's walking away with her drink, she goes, yo, girls, we done good. We done good? What do you mean you done good? They're, they're you dead. You horned up all these guys? <laughs> we murdered all these dudes. Good for us. They're like we we done good. It's like I don't have you. I don't know what what good have you done here. Two thousand eight was a different time, Chris. Okay, um, horning up people to no avail is, is was just how it was done. The movie has to be sex positive, but it can't be weird about it. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, get weird. So yeah, I guess that's where her bridesmaids are. But the mom helps her get ready, brushing teeth. She has a cut on her leg that she needs bandaged. Jesus, like, again, horror movie deleted scene. Where did that cut? Come deleted from? scene there. Yeah, this is the the alternate cut. You know how they say that about Annie Hall, where it was like a completely different movie before they edited it? Oh, like, this was a horror movie, and then they were like, no, 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 we have to make this into a Mamma Mia. Get that severed hand out of here. Cut it yeah. out. But, well, yeah, what's your prep, prep going to be like? Like, I don't know if you, you – people listening, I don't know if you know. I have a beard right now. I grew, I grew it during all the COVID stuff. I don't think – I'm, I'm going to shave before the wedding probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not animals here. Um well, I look good. How dare you? I keep a well manicured. <laughs> you just talked beard. about getting rid of it. Well, I was saying I don't look like a caveman. Is what I'm saying. I look good. What I could, I could keep this. What I would. Yes, you could, Chris. I look forward to seeing you with it. Yeah, I think it's going to be dressed similar to the aesthetic of the location, which I don't think we're not going to say just in case. We're not, but, yeah, we um, don't want to dox this wedding. Who knows? Um, yeah. I mean, in which case, I would wear something a lot crazier, maybe like a pink blazer or something like that. I don't own one, but maybe I would. Um, I think you can pull that off. Yeah, I can, actually, now that I'm saying it, I kind of want one. But uh, I'd wear a jacket, uh, I guess, black slacks to match that black jacket, I would assume. A nice shirt, mm. maybe, a, maybe a simple tie. And I will I like will be listening to ABBA while getting ready. Um, <laughs> shaved, yes. Uh, haircut, probably not. I'll probably get my haircut before then. What's going on now is just like a year-long thing. Don't worry about it. I was thinking because this is going to be an overnight wedding. I think we we can say that much. This this is an overnight wedding. The vows are going to be long. Yes, it's going to be. We're in for the long haul. So I am bringing some Trader Joe's wine with me. Uh, I mean, I don't want to assume this is going to be an open bar. I don't know yet. And after the wedding's over, after the reception is over, you know, maybe more alcohol will be needed and it will be accessible. So I'm going to just get a couple cheap bottles of wine, maybe two or three to bring with me. For extra reserves, that's what I'm preparing for. Um, keep them stocked. Keep them yeah, stocked. That's a good idea. You know, maybe bring an extra shirt. You know, you never know. You never know what we're gonna run into out there. And that's what, that's what my prep is looking at right now. Any other details about this movie? Anything else in your notes you want to go over here? Uh, not particularly. Uh, the Greek employees at the hotel don't give a shit. I have have that written down. Good. Um, yeah. The, they and they shouldn't. I mean, they I thought they were gonna be more of a Greek chorus. In a classical sense, mm-hmm. you know, because this movie is like kind of on the nose like that. Right. But really, they were just like rolling their eyes half the time. <laughs> there's that. Or dancing. And then like, just generally speaking, there's just way too too many songs in the movie. Like even into the credits, they're still even doing more songs. 
why do Amanda Seyfried and Howard Stark need to leave in the dead of the night like thieves? Like they get they get in in a boat like in, at two a.m. in the morning. They're probably gonna die out in the ocean. They're on their little rickety boat. They they ain't going nowhere. It ends the way the movie began. Did did somebody come in the middle of the night on a boat? You know, like uh, like in The Departed, <laughs> the movie starts with a bag of groceries and ends with a bag of groceries. Wow. There's symmetry there. Oh, yeah. It starts with her on a boat to go mail some letters, and it ends with her on a boat with her her the love of her life, L- leaving to go find her father, her father, and now leaving with. Maybe a future father. <laughs> All right. So I think that's going to wrap it up for this movie here. Um, just to check in here. Joshua, are you, are you married? Not yet. But again, now that I have a soundtrack, so much closer. <laughs> so much closer. All right. Uh, I'm not married either. <laughs>